Our Old Testament reading for this morning comes to us from the 56th chapter of Isaiah. There's going to be a common thread that you can pick out as we read our three readings for today. That this idea that God sent his son not just to die for a specific group of people, but that Jesus came to die for all people. Now, this may seem like a very obvious conclusion. However, because of uh, there was an understanding that God had come just to save descendants of Abraham, many people in Jesus' time thought that the Gentiles, those who were not Jewish, couldn't be saved. But as we read in all three of our readings today, that it's not about your heritage, but it's about your God and who you believe in. And it's not just a New Testament idea because we see this also taking place in Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness. For soon my salvation will come and my deliverance be revealed. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, Everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle reading is from uh, St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 11. This theme continues as, as Paul has been talking to the Roman Christians and, and letting them know that it isn't just those of Jewish descent who are saved, but even those outside of the Jewish family and even those within the Jewish family don't believe in Christ. And just because they're part of this bloodline doesn't mean they're saved either. All have sinned and need forgiveness. Paul writes, I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means, for I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Now I am speaking to you Gentiles. Inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow Jews jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? As regards the gospel, they are enemies of God for your sake. But as regards election, they are beloved for the sake of their forefathers. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Just as you were at one time disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they too have now been disobedient in order that by the mercy shown to you, they may also receive mercy. For God has consigned all to disobedience, that he may have mercy on all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We rise as we hear from the gospel. 
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. This, uh, we hear of Jesus meeting a Canaanite woman. Uh, Canaanites were enemies of God's people. And she asks him for help, and eventually he does give it to her. Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be to each and every one of you through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I ask of you the same question I asked those young ladies who came up here for my children's sermon. What are you doing here? Why do you come to church? I'm sure there are other things you would rather be doing. Maybe sleeping in. Maybe shopping. Maybe a leisurely breakfast. Maybe taking a nice hike. There are, of course, things that we like to do. And being here and participating in worship is not always necessarily one of them. I can admit that as well. Church isn't always what people think of as a time to do something fun, a time to do something exciting. But what happens here is something that no other institution, no other organization, no other group that you can be a part of can ever give you. I don't just mean this geographic location. I don't just mean this, this enclosed building. But I mean wherever God's word is rightly preached and taught, wherever his sacraments are administered, it is only in those places where true peace, true joy, true forgiveness can be found. That's what we're doing. We're doing something that can be received nowhere else. The fact of the matter is that we all have a problem. Now, if you're like me, you have multiple problems, but I mean that we share a singular, similar problem, even those who won't admit it or can't admit it. Our problem is ourselves. It's our sin. It's those things that lay close in a hand that we think or we do or we say that we know we ought not to. Perhaps those harsh words that come out without thinking. Perhaps those bitter 
or untrue words that we lash out with. Maybe those thoughts that are hateful or lustful or greedy, selfish. Or our actions and our deeds that hurt others, that take from others and give to ourselves, that show our disdain for our fellow man. Or maybe even our actions that pain ourselves. We, we don't like to admit it. In fact, we, we want someone to affirm us in our sin, don't we? We want someone to look at the things we know are wrong and actually tell us they're, they're okay, don't worry about it. Because that makes us feel better. But at the end of the day, as we take an honest and hard look at ourselves, we see the problem of our sin. The things that we've done are wrong. And there's no amount of money, there's no amount of skill, there's no amount of fun or excitement or intelligence, or there's no pursuit that we could chase after that could take away the reality that I'm imperfect, I'm broken, I'm a sinner. And if I truly believe there is a God, I know I'm going to stand before him, and I know that if I am judged based on what I have said, what I have thought, what I have done, I'm lost. I'm condemned. And so the only pathway that we have out of this painful cycle of guilt, of sin, of hopelessness, is by receiving the gifts of Christ. Hearing his word, hearing his promises of forgiveness, hearing of his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection from the tomb, receiving communion, his body and blood in with and under the bread and wine, receiving baptism, water combined with God's word, washing our sins away. These things are the only ones that can save us from this reality. So I guess in a very real way, we, you can refer to us as desperate. We come into this church desperate. We're desperate because we've got a problem and we're fully aware of it. And we also know there's only one place. There's only one person. There's only one thing that can really solve that problem. And that's Christ. Perhaps you could feel this same desperation as this Canaanite woman in our gospel for today approached Christ. A few notes to, to keep in mind. Canaanites were the names that God gave to the people who lived in the promised land as Joshua invaded it. As Joshua and his people invaded it back in the book of Joshua, he was told to take the land of Canaan and to kill the Canaanites. Get rid of these idolaters. Get rid of these evil people. And so that name Canaanite is ancient. This name Canaanite is enemy. This name Canaanite is those who do not believe in God. So the fact that Matthew in his gospel brings us back to this ancient word of Canaanite, it should spark something in our mind that this person, her heritage, is an enemy of God's people. And because of the time, because of the culture, a woman addressing a man she does not know was forbidden as well. So this enemy of God's people, who is also a woman who shouldn't be addressing Jesus, 
comes to him and says, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Do you think if she had anywhere else to turn, she would go there first? I imagine she would. Being a Canaanite, being a woman, she honestly had no cultural right to speak to Jesus here. But she, like us, is desperate. There's only one place where she can find salvation from this problem. There's only one place where deliverance can be found. She knew it was the only chance she had of saving her daughter. We come in here too as enemies of God's people. We come in here too as sinners who have, who have taken our own desires above God's. We come here as, as people who have no right to even speak to God because he's God and we are his creation. He could snuff us out in an instant and he has every right to do so. And yet we come here desperate because we know we have a problem. We know we have our sin. We know we have our brokenness. And there's only one person in the universe who can solve it. And it's Christ. Now as Jesus speaks with this woman... His answer eventually may give you pause. He says it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Sounds rather cruel for the Prince of Peace, doesn't it? Saying to this woman, well, I have this gift, I have this bread, I have this forgiveness, but it's not for such as you. You're a dog compared to me. Now, while this may seem cruel, is it, cruel, is it true? It actually is. He's God. He could say the same thing to us, and while we may be offended by that, it's true. We're sinners. We have no right to expect anything from him. Now imagine this woman, as any of us, upon receiving an insult like that, would say, fine! I don't need your help anyway. I have someone else who can help me. But I imagine, because she didn't throw her hands up, because she didn't stomp off in anger, she probably had exhausted those options, gone to doctors and medical professionals, gone to other priests of other religions, gone to other temples and offered sacrifices to other gods, had tried to spend money to get rid of this problem. She had turned to every single corner of her life, and yet here she was with this demon-possessed daughter, and there was only one person who could solve it, and it didn't matter that he just said that the dogs don't have the right to eat the bread from the table. And so how does she respond in her desperation? Yes, Lord, even, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And yet we also say something offensive too when we say, I, a poor, miserable sinner. We admit our problem as does she. She doesn't stand up for her rights and say, you can't talk to me like that. You can't call me a dog. But she says, yeah, you're right. I have no right to ask you of anything, but I'll take just even a little bit because you can save me. 
This moment becomes a teaching moment between Jesus and this woman for his disciples to see because Jesus, as we know, is full of mercy. And he answers her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Her faith was showed by the, by the fact that in her desperation, yeah, she's willing to admit, I'm a sinner. I have no right to ask of you of anything, but you have the power to save me. Did you hear as we sang before our gospel, perhaps, you know, what I do sometimes in church is I, my mind wanders as I sing these songs that we hear a million times. But at the beginning of our gospel, before we even began reading it, we sang the Alleluia and verse. And this verse is, These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. We hear these words from Christ. And they're written so that we will believe that what he is, is the Son of God, the only one for us to turn to, the only one for us to receive deliverance from. And while it may not feel like it, we are as desperate as this Canaanite woman, and we have the same amount of right as this Canaanite woman to ask anything of Jesus. And yet he still comes. He comes to us through his word, through his sacraments, and gives us far more than just the crumbs from his table. We come forward and we receive the bread of life. His own body. His own blood shed for us on the cross. For the forgiveness of our sins and the strengthening of our faith. God comes to us through his word. Comes, Jesus comes to us through his cross providing us a life everlasting and a hope that never ends. He promises us that those sins that weigh heavy on us, those sins of thought, word, and deed, are erased. He has taken our past and removed it from us. He has taken our shame away from us. He has done what is impossible except by Him. So that when you come in here on a Sunday morning, yes, there may be things that you would enjoy doing otherwise, but you know we are desperate. We need this grace of Christ because without it, we are lost. But with it, we live. With it, we are forgiven. With it, we have a hope that doesn't just last for the rest of Sunday, the rest of the week, the rest of the month, but a hope that lasts for the rest of eternity. Because through the cross, we see God's true love for us. That the sins we have committed are gone. The punishment we deserve has been delivered to Christ. And we stand before God as his forgiven, as his chosen people. And not just dogs who eat the crumbs from the master's table, but sons and daughters of the king who feast, who feast on forgiveness and love, life and grace now and forever. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.